Hey, this is Heath Patchett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 50. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast where I interview nomadic entrepreneurs who are running a business while full-time RVing. And today I'm recording the podcast from Austin, Texas. We are still in a bit of recovery mode from the RV Entrepreneur Summit that we hosted two weeks ago. You hit this weird type of lowness after a conference. You're on this high and then pretty, you're just wiped and exhausted. And so today I have Alyssa joining me on the podcast and we're going to be talking about some of our biggest takeaways not just from hosting the conference, but from the speakers and people right. we met at the summit. So I think the biggest takeaway from hosting was host hosting. You just nap every single day. <laughs> just relax. Nap o'clock was definitely extended this past week mm-hmm. as we were uh, recovering from the summit. Utilize the hammock. Things like that. Yeah, pretty much. So (laughs) today is a big episode because it's episode number 50. And Mm -hmm. you know, as you know, when I first started, I gave myself 50 episodes to record this podcast because that was long enough to figure out whether or not I liked it and also whether or not people would get value from the podcast. So do you like it? I do. uh, And and I'm going to keep recording it also as long as you don't mind going into the bedroom every time I record. Yeah, being banished away. That's pretty much what happens every time I record the podcast. Alyssa looks at me and she has to, you know, stop typing and stop doing anything. And she goes and sits on the bed and quietly, what do you even do back there? Well, because I can't use the internet because that would mess up you streaming. And so sometimes I just sit, stare at my hands. Do you wait really? Patiently. It sounds depressing. Well, sometimes I just play games on my phone and wait patiently. <laughs> More like impatiently. Sometimes I leave and go to the grocery store, so I feel like I'm being productive during that time. No, that's good. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm thankful for your sacrifices. I think people that are listening and that have gotten value from the podcast are also grateful. So <laughs> if you see Alyssa online, on Facebook, on Twitter, thank her for quietly sitting in the backdrop. <laughs> background as I record the podcast and not, also not sucking up the internet bandwidth. So I'm very appreciative I'm of that. I'm just looking out for you. I appreciate that. So anyway, uh, 50 episodes. It's a big deal. Thank you guys for listening and for leaving reviews in iTunes. I think we're up to 145 reviews in iTunes, which is amazing. Woo-hoo. And thank you guys so much. Without further ado, let's, I mean, let's just dive right into it. Some of our biggest takeaways from the RV Entrepreneur Summit. Uh, there were 12 things that we wrote down for, for well, you Well, you wrote down five and I wrote down seven. So this wasn't equal. It wasn't equal. So maybe we'll bounce back. We'll start with mine and then we'll go to yours and then we'll bounce back. And back forth. and forth? Yeah. We should start with mine then. Let's start with yours. Be let's do it. Well, I went through and I wrote down a takeaway from each speaker that spoke. So first up, we started the morning with... Joe Hendricks, he's a photographer, all around awesome, energetic guy. And he talked about creativity whenever you're working on the road. And so my takeaway from him was if you want to be creative, don't do what other people are doing and don't follow others, which for RVers is like a really obvious thing because we're very clearly not following in very many other people's footsteps. But his story was about how he went out to Yosemite And there was going to be a blood moon that night. And he's out there and he's talking about how many other photographers are out there to get, you know, shots of this blood moon rising over um, Yosemite National Park. And he said, everyone was looking toward the moon. And I didn't want to be like everyone else and get the same shots as everyone else with their big zoom lenses. And so I turned around and I popped on a wide lens on my camera and I shot El Capitan, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Yeah. El Capitan, and, and he shows this photo on screen of this giant rock face, or is it half dome? 
It's one of those, it's, I've never been to Yosemite, is that obvious? <laughs> and he shows this picture, and there's the stars over it, and it's absolutely gorgeous, and he's talking about how he never, ever would have gotten that photo if he had done what everyone else was doing, and I loved that story. I, it makes me think a little bit about us deciding to jump in an RV and start traveling at 23, mm-hmm. because... I mean, the kind of the standard thing that everyone else was doing, everyone else was jumping and diving deep into their career. And and that was kind of the logical next step, just like during his photo, everyone's out and I didn't plan to say this, but everyone's kind of like looking out at this blood moon and doing like the standard thing that you do in the setting in the scenario. And for us, we're like, oh, okay, this doesn't make sense. Well, we don't want to just do the same thing that everyone else is doing. We're going to hop in RV and go travel to every state and film this documentary and, you know, do this unconventional thing. And I... Ah, is it raining all of a sudden? Or are we under attack from the squirrels? I think it's just wind. I think we're okay now. This is real RV recording. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if other people experience like that paralyzing fear when an acorn drops on your roof and it sounds like a gunshot. Maybe I don't really know what gunshots sound like, but that's what it sounds like to me. Or firework. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) back to (laughs) Joe. Back to Joe, his talk was awesome. Yeah. And just zooming out for a second, talking about the RV Entrepreneur Summit as a whole, we mentioned it here on the podcast, we weren't really sure how many people were going to come, and we sold out of tickets relatively quickly. We ended up having 120 people here. So that was kind of the final tally from the event of people who showed up. That was families, their kids. Um, There wasn't that many families, but there was a few who came. And so 120 was the final amount, which was an amazing amount of people that came for the conference. Yep. For our first one. So takeaway number two was... We feel the need to be accepted or like we belong. Like I mentioned, we had no idea how many people would be willing to drive. And we first got up on the stage on Saturday morning. We asked people to raise their hand if they had driven over 500 miles to come to the RV Entrepreneur Summit. And I don't remember exactly how many people raised their hand, but it was a I lot. don't even remember you asking that. I definitely asked that. It's all a blur. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked that. And I think the reason why so many people came, and I heard this reiterated over and over and over again, is we just have the sense of we belong in this community. And mm-hmm. for the past so many years, three years that we've been doing this, I've struggled to explain to people what we do and why, and you have to come in and save me and kind of explain this to people uh, on what we do for a living, why we live in RV. And for the first time in a long time, we didn't have to do that. We had 120 people there in this community who understood why we decided to live in RV because they did a similar thing. They've made similar sacrifices or more sacrifices to go and do this. The one thing that I took away was just the fact that we have this deep need to feel accepted. I feel like we belong in an RV community, especially... Because our first year on the road, whenever we were RVing, we got a lot of weird looks because, I mean, yeah, we were 23, we were super young, and we didn't have any community at all. We didn't know any other RVers. Like, we followed people, like, Gone with the Winds online, but we weren't seeing any younger RVers that were working, especially on the road. And maybe it's just a lot more common now, or maybe it's just because of our blog, we've been able to connect with more people. Yeah. But it's definitely been incredibly value and valuable and I guess I don't know when we're going to host the next one but (laughs) we're really excited to host another RV Entrepreneur Summit so that we can have that feeling again of this is our community these are our people we want to hang out with them more. I think it was a mix of the fact that we didn't do a ton of research before jumping into this lifestyle and I think there's just more and more people that are hearing about it and jumping in all the time. Because it's awesome. Because it's awesome. Okay so the next speaker we had up was Brianna of Crazy Family Adventure? Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you don't know Brianna over at Crazy Family Adventure, they have, her and her husband Craig have four kids and they just downsized to a 20, it's 23 feet, a little Winnebago view, which is definitely crazy. And I love that she like opened her talk and was, I don't know, 
serious about saying, hey, we are weird. We are different. We are crazy. It's right there in the name. And just being so upfront, like what you're saying, like we feel the need to be accepted. She was like, hey, right up front, gotta let you know, we're crazy. We're different. We're weird. Not everyone's gonna get it. And not everyone is going to understand it. But if you can get through that first step of saying, hey, you know what? I'm weird. I'm doing something different. I'm living in an RV. I'm traveling the country and be okay with that yourself. Then you're set. Yeah. You can handle it. So what was your takeaway there? That we're all weird. That we're all weird. Do you think we're weird? Well, no. Oh, so you... I don't think... (laughs) No, I don't think we're weird, but we are to other people. Okay. Am I weird? No, I'm just... I was just wondering what your point was with that one. I guess that we're weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Well, admitting it straight up and right there in the beginning, because I think for us, whenever we started traveling, we didn't think it was that weird and like trying to explain it to people and people didn't understand and we're like... This is the most obvious thing in the world. Like, we're traveling instead of working in offices. Duh. We've it's, chosen it's kind this. Of, it's kind of embracing that stigma of... Yeah, that embracing it, that it. It's because if you've been listening to a lot of these podcasts or you are in Facebook groups or any, or you're researching the RV lifestyle, you kind of start absorbing a lot of this content and talking to a lot of people. And it doesn't... The more you do, the less weird I think it seems. And for us, mm-hmm. most of our friends now live in RVs full time. And this is so much of our life, everything that we absorb. So for us, it's become the new norm. But right. in general, it is very much still a weird thing. Yeah, most people. <laughs> All right. Takeaway number four from the RV Entrepreneur Summit. There are more of us in this lifestyle than I realized. So again, coming back to community, I find more and more people all the time on Instagram who are out, you know, I sold everything and I hit the road. And when I first started the podcast... Alyssa, and I think, I'm sure I got this from several people, asked me, are you afraid of running out of people to interview? And the short answer is yes, I was afraid of running out of people to interview because I didn't think that there were that many people who were running a business full-time from their RV or working Mm -hmm. towards that. Mm -hmm. It's always surprising to me, especially, well, I think one of my favorite things that I noticed at the conference is that all of the people that were above 40 all said, oh, I thought I was going to be the oldest person here. Because I guess because, you know, we're 26 that people assume that all of the people that follow us online are like also in their 20s or their 30s. Um, But there are people all the way. I don't know who the oldest person was and I'm not going to ask. But there are people up in their 50s and their 60s. A lot of people that are wanting to now that they're empty nesters, start their own business, move into an RV, travel, do their own thing. And so I think for for me and for maybe a lot of listeners as well, realizing not only are there a lot more people out there than you think, but they come in every age all yeah. across the country. And one, a lot. I mean, some of those people in their 60s, like Oscar and Liz, they've mm-hmm. been running their photography business for a long time and they're quote unquote retiring, but maybe they just, they're just feeling like, what am I retiring from? I love doing fo- photos and I want to keep doing this from my RV. So there's that, right. I'm just transitioning into doing this. And we had a few people reach out and basically ask in not so many words, I'm older. Is it okay if I come to the event? Yes, of course. <laughs> We're not going to tell you no, because if you, I mean, are you kidding? It's not a, it's not a club based on age, but it was just, right. I hope that we're not saying anything that would make people feel that way. Cause it's totally not true. It's just, I think it's more about the mindset of why you're wanting to do this. You want to take your business, go on the road and have this freedom. So take away your takeaways next. Okay. Choose RV memberships based on your needs and you'll get out of RV memberships what you put in. So this was a talk by uh, Travis and Melanie Carr. They run Escapers and Travis's grandmother started Escapees, which if you 
have ever looked into establishing your domicile or looked into mail forwarding, you've probably heard of escapees because they are the go-to resource on that. And um, that's what most people that we know use whenever you're trying to set up your mail on the road. So they were talking about RV memberships, not just their own, but all the different RV memberships and how whatever you put in is what you get out. And so like with Passport America and Good Sam, that's saving money. Well, so just quick overview of all the RV membership clubs that I'm sure there are more, but kind of some of a few of the popular ones. There's Passport America, which we use a lot and talk about a lot on our website, which is 50% off. And it's re- really popular, I think, mm-hmm. more in the Southwest when there's a lot more land versus when we were up in the Northeast, there wasn't as many Passport Americas. There's Good Sam, which is has the most campgrounds. I think over 2,000 campgrounds use Good Sam. And that's 10% off at um, various campgrounds. There's okay. Escapers, which is mail forwarding, domicile, a lot of other things. Uh, Harvest Host, which is something that we're going to be picking up hopefully within the next week or two because we're doing the East Coast this year, which is where you can park at wineries and breweries across the country. And it could be slightly dangerous for us, I think. Yeah. I but, mean. <laughs> but it's only 40 bucks here, for the year. Park here quote-unquote, for free, buy 17 <laughs> bottles of wine because you're there. Yeah, we're, I don't even know where we'd put more than three bottles of wine. It would be a little ridiculous traveling with that. But Yeah. So uh, was there any other – did I miss any others? There's Thousand Trails. I don't know much about Thousand Trails other we've, than it's – We've heard from multiple people – Not great things. Terrible things. Yeah. I've heard from a few people good things about Thousand Trails, but they've kind of been few I and think far the, in between. the thing I've heard from – the positive review I've heard from Good Trail, good, uh, blah, blah, you know what I'm saying, um, is that you can go there expecting to stay for free, but not expecting them to be like actually nice RV mm. parks. Yeah. Even though they're kind of marketed as resorts, just don't expect them to be nice RV parks and you'll get what you put into it. Next takeaway is the more crazy something feels, the more affirmation we need before diving in. <laughs> and I think this relates to a lot of different things. I think about this as the summit as a whole. When we first had mm-hmm. the idea to host an RV conference, I had to run it by several friends. I mean, going back to the very beginning, it was a post in our Facebook group. And I said, how can we improve this community? And somebody posted in there, we should host an RV on, an annual RV entrepreneur summit. And it was the most upvoted thing. And I was just thinking more along the lines of, we'll do something like Facebook live videos in here or something, <laughs> not host an all out conference. And it was terrifying because I didn't think that, I thought it would be crazy that people would actually drive to an yeah. RV entrepreneurs. I didn't think that would happen. And so I had to talk to a lot of friends and multiple people that I trust. And they basically said, you know what, this sounds like a decent idea. You should go ahead and jump in. And then I talked to you mm-hmm. and I was basically like, would you want to do this? And I don't remember and can exactly. Can we do this? Yeah, can Is we do this? Possible? You would probably end up planning most of it. So I think we split the work pretty fairly. Yeah. You did all the sponsor stuff. I did all the conference stuff. Yeah. So, but I think a lot of people at the conference felt that they needed that affirmation before diving into this lifestyle because most people in their normal lives aren't living full time in an RV. And so it's weird. And the more weird something is, the more affirmation you need. So, a lot of people mm-hmm. I heard just walk away from the weekend like, I thought I wanted to do this lifestyle, or maybe they were already in it and they're like, I. Th- I feel confident in my decision, but being around so many other people just really affirmed that I made the right choice in what Mm -hmm. I'm doing. Yeah, I would agree with that because I know for me, like whenever I'm editing things and you can attest to this is that every like five minutes, come look at this. 
does this shot look good? Does this look right? Does this feel right? Does this song work here? And having that person that understands and gets it that you can run to and get affirmation on all of your crazy or not crazy ideas is totally invaluable. And I, we talked about this on stage, like finding your one person that will be that person for you that will encourage you and affirm mm. you. And when things get hard, that's, that's who you can go to. That was one of the things we really wanted people to get out of the conference. And so now I do feel like we have that nice little community that whenever you and I are doing something crazy, whatever our next crazy thing might be. We can post it in our little close community of people who came to the conference and get and, feedback from them. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's and that's incredibly value. And that's not something that I think we realized whenever we started RVing that we were going to need. On yeah. The road. All right. Next up. Oh, this is one of my favorite takeaways from the from the weekend. Make quality of life decisions. And this was from Eric and Brittany Highland from RV Wonderlust. They gave a really uh, tactical talk on how to utilize social media to grow your business and to engage and grow your grow your community online. One small thing from that that I thought was a oh. cool takeaway from them was mm-hmm. that different and this is something I think I kind of knew about Facebook, but they kind of hammered into a little bit more detail. It was just the weight of different activity on your posts on Facebook and how mm-hmm. meaningful those are. So, for instance, if somebody likes one of your Facebook posts, that carries a small amount of weight, which means that it'll show, for instance, if you have a page, it'll show to more people on your page if more people like it. It's kind of Mm self-explanatory because when you have a Facebook page, not everybody sees everything you post. If you have a thousand likes, maybe a couple hundred people may see that. And if somebody comments, it carries even more weight. So it'll show it to more of your following. And if somebody shares it, it'll, it counts as even more weight. So more and more people will see your post. So I thought that that on weightiness was kind of a cool thing. And just how Facebook ranks that mm-hmm. was pretty interesting. Yeah. That was just one of the parts of the, the Facebook algorithm that they broke down. And you can watch their whole presentation on the live stream on our Facebook page. But one of the stories that they were talking about is that they they do social media for various small businesses and that's what they love to do. And they were talking about a couple years ago, they lost their biggest client and they were going on a walk and they were thinking like, crap, like we just lost. They were having a freak out. (laughs) Half of their, it was like half of their income or more. And they were walking and they were talking, they were thinking about it and they realized, and this is part of the freedom of the RV lifestyle is that they didn't need all the money that was going to come from that client if this if losing that client meant that they could only work like seven to noon and work half their day and then spend the rest of their day out adventuring exploring and really enjoying this lifestyle that they've created for themselves then it was totally worth it to not have that income and i loved that she was like it was a quality of life decision for us because so many times at least I feel like I have to qualify, like, the RV world and the quote-unquote real world. Because real world, like, you're always going to choose getting that bigger paycheck or making more money or having this higher rank in society versus RV world. I can make less money but have this much time to go hike Grand Teton or do whatever. I'm going to choose that. And that's one of the things that I absolutely loved getting to hear. I, I think it I think it is easy to get in that mindset that of just wanting more and feeling like, oh, I lost mm-hmm. the client. I have to dig back in and get more. And I mm-hmm. wonder where we fall on that spectrum. Whereas if we lost a client or we had multiple clients and we lost one and you know that income dropped, would we be able to confidently look at it and say, we're okay with working less hours and making less money? Or do you feel like you and I <laughs> in a constant element of just trying to get more and more and more w- without necessarily regard for our time? 
Well, we chose, we chose not to take on any other clients for winter so that you could work more on campground booking with your partners while, ever, while everyone was in town together. And so I think in some ways, yes, we will sacrifice money for time, but you're looking at it more from like an entrepreneurial long-term game. Okay, well, I'm building a startup and this is going to take a lot of unpaid hours to get this going. Whereas someone like me, I'd be like, oh, one less client. I'm definitely going to the pool every single day. <laughs> okay. I'm enjoying my life. Next takeaway, and this is on topic. Everyone has different financial ambitions in this lifestyle, and that's 100% okay. Hearing Brianna from Crazy Family Adventure Talk, she said that she was very transparent about this, and a lot of the speakers were. She said, we try to make $60,000 a year, and that covers our travels and a little bit on top of that mm-hmm. and it gives us the freedom to go out and travel and spend as much time with our families as we po- with our family as, as much as we possibly can and I thought that was interesting because it, there's kind of the spectrum of people who are at the summit there are people who are saying I'm okay with making 60,000 and people on the other end of that spectrum which are I want to build a big software company and sell it for a lot of money mm-hmm. and I would say especially you know me Bob and Paul my two co-founders for campground booking we want to build you know, a decent sized company in the outdoor hospitality management space. We right. want to do well. And that ties more hours to our work. And so for us, it's not about making the most for the least amount of our time, but it is like that sometimes. So I don't know. It's that spectrum. I feel like yeah. we very much value time and freedom more, perhaps more than some other entrepreneurs. If you're working in like an Austin space where everyone's kind of hustling hard all the time right. versus that. So. And I think the one thing that I liked hearing was, um, and this was what Brianna said also, is that someone asked, are you saving money for retirement or putting money in your 401k or whatever? And she's like, nope. Do we worry about that? Yeah. But the way, like where we are right now is that, you know, this is what we're doing. We're putting this money into this lifestyle. And I really love that how like quick and succinct she was with that because that is so many people ask that. Well, you know, are you saving? Are you thinking about retirement and your future and all that kind of stuff? And so hearing someone else that is older and wiser say, nope, we're not thinking about that either. Yes, we worry about it. We will figure it out. But right now, this is more important. Yeah. Well, I think for us, we're paying off debt actively the past couple of years, we've done a pretty good job of that. And so I think for us, it makes more sense to kill that off before you worry about kill the student loan debt, you know, piling up a lot in savings. But that's very much on our mind as soon as we pay off debt is starting to put more into a savings for retirement and things like that. Yep. Uh, just because that is the responsible thing to do. It's a very responsible thing to do. <laughs> we should learn how to do that. Oh, man, these are like so on topic now that we're going back and forth between the two of ours. The next one is your time is your most valuable resource. This is from Jill, Jill Sessa. She's a Vespa and a laptop on, but she runs a WordPress help. WordPress support company called ultimatewphelp.com. Yeah. Pretty I've much inter- anything about like website stuff. I don't quite understand what it is that people do online when it comes to web dev. But yeah, she's been on the podcast before. Episode... I don't remember. Oh, okay. It's earlier. Well, I will link up to it in the show notes. Search, I have no idea. Search your name. Yeah. Google it. <laughs> but she uh, outsources so much of her work. He's like, no, I love working. <laughs> don't make me stop. 
I mean, on, on a very small level, the only person that we pay right now as a part-time employee is my podcast editor, Kelsey, but it's been huge and just freeing up around 20 hours of our month. So mm-hmm. Jill's main point, as Alyssa mentioned, that was, uh, she. I think she wrote down how many hours she works a month and it was an insane amount or weekly. It was, you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, she's working the insane amount of hours. But then she actually said, well, this is how much time I'm putting out, like my output. And that was because she outsources a lot to several employees that she has was in the Philippines that she, that she hires women. Yeah. Yeah. And so just the, you know, thought process as she's traveling, she, she's very much on the spectrum of, she wants to be able to hire out and get a lot more work done and not work, spend all of her time working. So she does a good, great job of outsourcing. My last takeaway was that your community won't build itself. The past three years, we've done a very craptacular job (laughs) <laughs> of meeting people on the road. Even if when we see people on Instagram, sometimes we'll go out of our way and, and, and you know, if somebody message us or we message somebody else and we're going to be in the same area, but it hasn't been a huge priority for us. And I think if three years ago when we were first hitting the road, we would have went to a RV entrepreneur summit and met a ton of other people who were out, you know, living this lifestyle with similar ambitions and similar goals, it would have changed a lot for us. Because we would have had this huge support group, this huge amount of friends that we could call on, that we could meet up with in different parts of the country. and But it, I think it takes a certain element of sacrifice in order to do mm-hmm. that. People had to say, yes, I'm going to drive across the country or I'm going to fly in to meet these people. It doesn't happen on its own. So I think you have to be intentional on doing that. Um, and I know that it's inspired me to want to, for us to do more of that, whether that's hosting more meetups, doing another mm-hmm. RV Entrepreneur Summit or whatever that happens to be, but just being more intentional on seeking people out on the road because I think it does make all the difference to know that you're not alone and there's people in your corner. I agree. And I think that's interesting that you, what you said, meetups. But I do feel like in the past nine months, I mean, we've been RVing for, yes, almost three years, but in the past nine months, we have tried to be more intentional, intentional on at least meeting up with people. Like we caravaned with um, the Kudas over the summer. We met up with uh, Kevin and Mandy multiple times, actually. We met up with them in like mm-hmm. three different places. Hung out with Kevin um, and Mandy a lot. They're yeah. cool guys. Yeah, we like them. 188 square feet. Follow them on Instagram. Yep. <laughs> and our V, we met up with them in Austin. Like We we tried very to be very intentional on meeting up with all these people, especially people that you know you've had on your podcast that we've never met in real life. And so I do think that we're slowly getting better at that. And I think having our online Facebook group has helped. I think combining our blogs has helped too, like unifying our focus so that we can all have the same community (laughs) and the same friends. Yeah. And we can all meet up. And so I think maybe, yeah, planning meetups, like actual planned meetups might be part of our so Next we're doing summer tour, we're right? doing we're doing the East Coast this year. So if you're going to be RVing or you live along the East mm-hmm. Coast, shoot us an email and let us know so we can hang out. Please do because so far the Freedom Theory are literally the only people that are also doing the East Coast. Everyone else that I've talked to said, "Oh yeah, we're doing the Rockies. We're doing the West Coast this year." And so I'm sure we th- really want people to hang out with on the road. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next we have oh camping for quote unquote free is easier than you think. This is from the Boinks over at Ditching Suburbia. They talked about three ways that they have learned to save money on the road whenever, uh, you know, client work dries up, whenever you're struggling to make money. So they were talking about all these different ways that they have done, let's see, woof, woofing, is how you say it? Worldwide farms. Organic farming. Yeah. 
I don't even know what all the letters stand for. So Michael runs Expression Engine. He's been on the podcast twice. And Expression Engine was a type of development that basically went out of style. Right. And nobody hired for it. I mean, he was kind of the go-to Expression Engine guy. He was doing seminars. He had a book. He was getting, he was turning away client work. And then nobody, everyone quit using Expression Engine. And so basically their whole business was revolved around this one singular product and it died out. So mm-hmm. they lost 93% of their income uh, last in the past couple years. Crazy. And so basically they didn't want to quit RVing, but they also had to transition into something new. And when you're scaling up any new business, it takes time to build that those income streams. Mm-hmm. And so they went to woofing, they went to work camping and basically cut costs so they could have because they didn't, ha- they had less income, so they needed right. to decrease their expenses and extend their runway. And so they talked about how they were able to do that through woofing and work camping, and they were pretty transparent about you know the difficult time that they were having. And I was grateful for them being at the RV Entrepreneur Summit and sharing that because it's just a realistic part of this lifestyle right. in any business, really. I mean, businesses have dry seasons, dry spells, whatever you'd like to say. And this is something else that I wanted to talk about from their talks because so many of the other people were talking about, oh, here's ways to make money. Here's ways to grow your business. And they were very intentional about saying, here's a way to save money. And it's work camping. Whereas so many people, especially whenever they join our Facebook group or they're going through our um, seven day course, they're like, oh, well, my plan is that I'm going to work camp and do this. I'm like, that is like, let me be very clear. That is not a way to make money on the road. That is a way to save on your very business biggest expense on the road. And typically, depending on what part of the country you're in and how expensive the rent is at the RV park that you're work camping at, it is not going to be worth it dollars for hours for how many hours you're working in the office versus how much you're saving in rent. But it's a good use it's, for something like Michael is doing. Oh, or well, I'm if just saying yeah. it is it is a great way to save money on the road. But it is not a great way if you're trying to, you know, jump into this lifestyle and make money so that you can afford to travel. That is not the way to go about it. Well I think I would I would argue that it could be a good transitioning point into the lifestyle because yeah. it like it could be a first a good first step into doing it if you if you haven't built up all the skills that you need to work remote or you don't exactly have a ton of clients or anything like that yet because you have you're working maybe 25 30 hours depending on the work arrangement for, on a farm or at a campground and you have less costs and maybe you're making a little bit of money but most of them are just covering your lodging costs so it could be a good transitioning point if you're just trying to get into traveling mm-hmm. but like you said yeah you can't expect to make a ton of money because it's mostly just a work exchange Yep. Uh, the last takeaway was from Kyle Kesterson, our last speaker, which was lean into fear. Kyle, as you guys know, have heard him on the podcast. He's amazing, eccentric, weird guy. He says that himself, that he's a weird guy. I didn't think he was that weird. Because he's not that weird. But okay. Yeah. And so Kyle talked about all the experiences that he's had on the road when he's been in, uh, I think, what, for one, where was the national park that he was in where he slid down the mountain? Did you hear that? Where he slid down. That was... Oh, it was one of those Utah ones. I want to say it was Bryce or Bryce Arches. Canyon. Anyway, so basically, but it, well, he was he was trying to get this photo of of the rocks, and he, you know, where the trail was, it was it was a little bit too high, and he wanted a better angle, so he kind of scooched down the hill a little bit so that he could get this shot, and so he scooches down, and it's a little bit difficult, a little hairy, and he gets the shot, and he turns around to try to climb back up, and he can't. He's just falling backward like the sand and the rocks are going under his feet, pushing him back down. And so he's like, 
I'm, there's no way I can make it back up to the trail. And so he just scoots down, 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 hoping that once he gets to the bottom of this canyon, that there's going to be another trailhead that he can pick up and then uh, make it back. And there, there was, he found one and he made it back up. But still looking at the photo that he has of this um, very steep embankment that he's going down, it's like, wow, that's a really scary situation that I would not want to be in. Side note, stay on the trails when you're in national parks. <laughs> Well, but. <laughs> that, but that's Kyle, that's Kyle's whole thing is if the and I talked to Ron Van Life who uh, was one of our attendees, this awesome guy who's living in a van named PJ, and they're basically saying it's all about the adventure. And if you're not mm-hmm. putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations, then what's the point? Well, yeah, and you and I talked about that a lot since the since the conference is that whenever we started RVing, you know, our comfort zone was small, and as we started RVing and traveling to new places every single week our our zone kept expanding and expanding and expanding whereas where we are right now hosting the conference was an, a conference was a great way to expand that comfort zone um, but as we're still traveling in America we we we're feeling like we we aren't pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone as much and part of that is because our comfort zone has expanded so much that our being America isn't like a big deal anymore and that's why we've talked about going abroad and trying to do more RVing where people don't speak English and yeah, so, drive on the other side of the so road. So <laughs> Alyssa came up with a proposal the other day that this may this year may be our last year touring America in an RV and mm-hmm. are doing our last big uh, trip along the East Coast this year and then looking at maybe buying a van and doing Europe for maybe six months or even longer. Well, we can stay in the EU for 180 days. And otherwise, we'd need a visa. Okay, so looking at So that's why to- six months. Yeah. <laughs> So that is kind of the next big adventure. But overall, the RV Entrepreneur Summit was an amazing event. We're going to host another one. We haven't decided a time or a place yet. We're looking at maybe Vermont in the fall or waiting until next spring again to just do them annually instead of twice a year. Part of our thought process is with doing another one this fall is just we want to hang out with everyone again. And we think it would be a lot of fun. And people are in different parts of the country. So we haven't made a decision on that yet, but we definitely are going to do another one. We should set a deadline for ourselves for when we need to make a decision (laughs) by, because otherwise it's going to be like September. We're going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to do this next month. Hope you come. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, babe, for joining me today and not sitting in the back and being quiet. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you guys to be a part of it. If you guys want to check out the show notes from this episode, go on over to heathandalyssa.com and click on podcast. And thank you guys again for listening. And I'll see you guys next week on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. <laughs>